You're speaking of Einstein the Jew. Yeah. And Bohr. And Bohr the Jew. It's because, you They're Jewish, yeah. Yeah, most of the encryption uh, algorithms being used in our government were created by Jews. Hopefully with a backing on Passover. Drinking on Passover. Got a little hammered and thought up. AES encryption. I got it. Unbelievable. Yes. Just as a, a little preface, I don't know where we're going with this the second half, but it, it's really, it's, it, I know it's in God's time that it happened this way, but uh, a good friend of mine, you know, who, let's just say we sharpen one another, <laughs> he, he is very gracious, and he, he, he has read, read, read every single piece of literature I've given him, uh, most recently, Boundary Stones, which is exceedingly clearly written, and I think expresses where, you know, a, a good deal of us, I, I think, can almost entirely uh, agree with the points made in that book. And and, uh, and he's coming from a very uh, orthodox church background, and you know, in, in my conversations with him, he actually comes out with the the. the you know, how he's, how he's said it helped me really, his words are, it helped me understand what I think you've been taught and believe. It helped me understand where the path away from orthodoxy begins. <laughs> Just well, to know where we're clear. Uh, <laughs> it is. Yeah, uh, apparently. You're not going with the relocated boundaries. Why would you want to go with the new boundaries? Welcome, to the, Welcome to the group. Welcome to the group, yeah. And I, I, would, I would tell him that, you know, I'm, I'm actually more orthodox than most who would call themselves orthodox, just not in the sense in which you're speaking of the word. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah, it's it's no, where he, he just kind of like... <sighs> Yeah. Well, so uh, there's know, still a, there's still no clear definition uh, as to you know I I told him it's, it's clear that there's something about what I'm doing bothers you. It's clear, but I've, I've expressed the fact that nothing about a Torah walk is neither adding to nor subtracting from anything that Yeshua has done for me in my life and in the life of any man in this room, or any believer for that matter. But there's something about it that just eats him. And if, if, eats if, him. If, if you want... Because it's not... I think it's not if, what he's been taught. If you he's want to know... If you want to know what it is, I can, I can tell you exactly what it is. And it has nothing to do with his personal beliefs. All it has to do with is that if you're right, he should be doing what you're doing. Exactly. And he's been taught. You know, and he's been taught not to. The, the bottom line, though, is whatever his reasons for not doing it now, if you're right, he's wrong. Nobody likes that right. at exactly. all. Exactly. Especially when they've been studying Scripture for 
yeah. you know, 45 years. Hey. Well, he's got the same yeah. James It's exactly what Greg said. It's if once you get once you get to the point where you don't care whether you're right or wrong, you just want to know the truth. Well, then, you know, you can stand in front of everybody and go, you're not going to believe what I taught last year. <laughs> I don't believe what I taught. I don't believe what I taught last year. <laughs> it's exactly right. You know, that's that's, that's the whole idea. It is scary. I still believe the fundamentals. <laughs> yeah, right. You know. It's not a scary thought, but I think that, you know, I know that from the conversations I've had with many of the men in this room, that we have all opened ourselves to to say, you know, especially, you know, Alex, Greg, you know, you know, myself especially, you know, I, I love listening to Greg talk at the, uh, the Shabbat table about where they were at different points in their family's lives and, and different theological views and everything like that. But the, the idea is that we are constantly refining our understanding and God is revealing more to us over time. Yep. And that we are constantly seeking Him and not just worried about saying, I'm right and this is why. We, you know, I, I love the fact that we can approach Scripture with, okay, I could be wrong about this. Well, to Rick's point, we, we were in a state where we wanted to know so that we could tie it up in a ribbon. I don't think, I, at least for my, for my own walk. I didn't really want to be able to say to somebody, I got it all tied up. I know it all. I, I understand it all. It wasn't that. You just have this sense of finality if you can tie a bow around it. And now, I have that same joy and sense of accomplishment when it's all messed up and I have no idea. And, and I look forward to a Tuesday night where we can just hash it out and I can go, oh yeah, that's right. I love that scripture. Oh, oh yes, yeah. Well, well they seem to completely contradict one another. Wow, isn't that cool? You know, and you can leave it like that and go, I don't have it yet, but it may not be... It's the seeking. It's the quintessential essence of the Greek versus the Hebrew mindset. That's exactly right. The Greeks have to have that answer. And with the Jews, it's okay to have an unanswered question. Or or an untenable question. Yeah. And I totally include all the sermons there, but I think Amen. Agreed. You know, we've shared with you know a lot of our old church friends, and oh, that's interesting. So how about the weather? How about yeah, the yeah. What about those cardinals? Yeah. You know, and you just—it's like Did they you don't just get what I just said. They don't get it. Yeah. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> yeah. You just wake up. So until until God allows somebody to have a revelation of some of the. Aspects of the scripture, it's, it doesn't happen. It's not, it doesn't just happen. Amen. Yeah. That's exactly right. Good. All right. Let's um, let's talk about something. I think if I asked you and put you on the spot and said, "Can you prove to me?" that Messiah, Yeshua, is God, I think most of you could stumble through a fairly good explanation. What would be one of the things that you would 
point out as an argument. Don't get theological on me. Just give me a short sentence. John 1 and Jeremiah 23. That's theological. Give me, give me a sentence. Give me a sentence. Yes. Yeshua himself said before Abraham was, I am. Good. So we've got um, a very cool statement from the Master himself using the tense of verbs, right, in order to establish his pre-existence. Good. That's good. What else? And because he said that, Yes, yes, because he said that, you can, and some other things um, that I want to hear, you can use the liar, lord, lunatic, or the bad man. Messiah is a bad man. Yeshua is a bad man argument. Yes, sir. Um, I'd say it's a non sequitur because now we've got to demonstrate that he's a savior. Right, because it could be a physical salvation temporarily. Good, but I like it. yeah, I like it. And I mean, it, it can be used as a secondary argument. Yeah. Uh, another statement from the master in his response to John's disciple when John sent him and said, "Look around." God. So, bam, and now you get the Savior thing. Good. Do I have one on this side? It was used already? Sorry. You knew Link trying to... Who are we speaking to? Who's the audience? Shouldn't matter. Amen. So you're asking a question rather than giving me a statement. I think I like that. But only because it's you. Go ahead. Master class study points. Good. Good. He said, have you ever heard of a theophany before? A physical manifestation of God. Epiphany is something you see. Theophany is something you see that is God. Okay. Um, Okay, so so let's walk through real quick. Let's 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 walk through maybe a handful of theophanies in order. Adam walked in the garden with somebody who made noise walking in the garden. I love that. Cain Cain heard someone asking questions. Wow. Russell, instructions. One before that. Enoch walked with God. Now, it could be that that's a metaphor. You walk with God. Yeah. A halakhic sense, a, a spiritual union type of thing. But either way, he walked with God and he was not. Now, you know what? Somebody had to see that. Otherwise, they would have thought he, you know, fell in a pit. Maybe he drowned. What happened to Enoch? I haven't seen him in weeks. He's gone. Somebody must have seen it. 
Okay? Who's next? Noah? So you don't like hearing the voice? Well, it's not a theophany, but it's a manifestation of a presence. Yeah, but wasn't there a handful of theophanies? Well, because okay. I'm, I'm looking at it, yeah, I'm looking at this so kind of experience. So you don't like... Say, there was no form, there was no... Uh, okay, okay. So... so All right, so when Nick's came... No, I don't know. So we got Adam. Enoch, maybe. There's nothing described that he walked with, so we'll skip him. So Adam, for sure... Noah, listen to this. God himself closed the door of the ark. And he called to, to Noah from inside the ark. Those are, those are not physically, physically. It's not a theophany. It's not a theophany. It's not a theophany but he, he did physically do something. You're not there yet. Come on, I got you close. Okay, now. Good. All right, so watch. Watch. From Adam, if we're sticking a strict theophany, since Pete's here, okay, we got theophany one, Adam, theophany two. This is 18. Now we're at the Oaks of Mamre. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Oaks of Mamre was one. Is that before Oaks of Mamre? Who said it? That's a good one. It was before that. What did Peter just say? Greg said Malkitzedek. I was going to ask about what about. Hang, hang, hang on. That's after the Oaks of Mamre. Hang on. That's right. That's traditional understanding. So we can't. It's only a traditional understanding. It says he was actually shown up there. Yeah, we we. I think with with you 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 gotta you gotta add to it to see it. Yeah. So I'm looking for slam dunks, but I like it. So, Adam. Now I've got Abraham at the Oaks of Mamre. What happened? He's sitting under the shade of the oaks. And, and is getting over his uh, circumcision. And three guys show up. And if you follow the text, all of a sudden, as he's starting to interact with the main player, he's identified as Yorhebave. No question. All right, so we got that one. This is probably jumping forward, but with uh, Daniel, Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego, the fourth. Way forward, but we're going to get there because I don't know if we'll run out of five. Though. So we only got two so far. Once you get two chapters to, uh, over Sodom, over the hills over Sodom, unless you want to keep that as the same plans of memory. Well, I think it's all part of the same narrative. It is. Because in that, because in that it, one, is God stood before Abraham. Yeah, exactly, yeah. And and that's where that's where we're getting the minion deal, right? Because he's gonna he's gonna argue him down. It's the same. That's the oaks of memory, right? So we got the meal. He's eating. He's walking. You know, God gets up to walk away, and he you know he's, you know catches up to him. Okay, so that's two. Let me third one. Jacob wrestling with a man all night long. He names the place Peniel, the face of God. Habakkuk says he wrestled with. I sh- he, he says he wrestled with Elohim. Targum Yonatan says he wrestled with yod heh The Targum said he wrestled with Hashem. If you're talking to a Jew, that's big. That's big. Because you're allowed to use the Targums when you're dealing with the Jews. All right. I've only got three so far. What's the next one? Josh. 
Well, yeah, Moses. The elders? Yeah, Moses and the elders, I think, is an interesting one. Uh, they how about... Yeah, I think that's You don't have a theophany. So, I think we got Moses... We saw his back. That was... That, yes, that's after... Yeah. So, um... So we got um, the elders, Moses, the, the elders Joshua. Moses, Joshua, and the seventy elders sit and have a meal with Hashem Himself, and He's got feet. All right. So we got feet. In the first one, we've got the sound of footsteps. We've got walking. In the second one, He's eating. He's talking. He's described as a man. In the third one, uh, he's eating. He has, or they're eating with him. I'm sorry, Jacob. He's got, uh, he's got strength. He's wrestling. He can be held on to. He can be held, but he can be constrained. And he had a whole lot of strength when he wanted to use it. And then we've now got feet. On the mountain, eating. Which is actually a really big deal because Judaism has a big problem with the anthropomorphization of yeah. They try to explain it in different ways, but I think that eat there is almost more significant than the battle with Jacob because they'll argue that they'll argue that Jacob was overworking with an angel, and they'll they might ignore the target he mentioned because well, Elohim has lots of translations. Right? Sure, it does, but Peniel. Is a little difficult. But they'll say that he also says, I, I see Esau as the face of God. Okay. Yeah. So, so they'll argue that it's a... It's a that's good. Good. So it's, my point though being is that feet, feet is a... Feet's big. That's iffy. Like, what do you do with that? Feet's big. Cool. All right. Fifth one. And Joshua. Well, even Moses himself, seeing the back, and then also face to face, as Hashem himself says, he speaks with me face to face. All right. So, um, so my our fourth one is... Fourth one is the elders, and then the fifth one we go we get with Moses, in you know seeing the back. You know I'd, I'd love to let you see my face, but I can't. Right? Sees his back, um, and then later on, Hashem Himself describes his interaction with Moses as proskon on face to face. Right? All right. So that's five. Joshua chapter five. Right before the Battle of Jericho, are you for us, or are you for our enemies? I think that's so cool the way he puts it. It's not, are you for us or against us? Are you for us or for them? You've got to be for somebody. We don't care who you're against. So that one's cool. I'm the captain of the Lord's host. Very cool. Joshua. Now? 13. What's that? Right? Manoah's wife and Manoah. And obviously, he goes right up in the flames, right? He will not. He doesn't want an offering. He doesn't want an offering, so I'm going to back off from the offering. Really? He receives the offering. He says, do not worship God. Right. Worship God, not me. That doesn't ring right to me. He he didn't. He says, I, "If you prepare an, if you, yeah, if you if you uh, 
Oh, will you stay and have a meal, just like Abraham said? And he said, I will not eat with you. But if you're going to do an offering, uh, go ahead. I think that's what it was. He said, if you make some burnt offerings and offer it to the Lord, yes. Not offer it to me. Good, good, good. All right. So we're, we're going to hold on Manoah's wife, although it's cool. Yeah, but then, but then when he asked him... Yeah, but he, but yeah, but he, yeah, why do you ask my name? Because it's wonderful. Or unmentionable or whatever. Ineffable. Yeah. Well, I think, I think Manoah's reaction is really better than anything. Yeah. You know, his wife is smacking him. Come on. If he wanted to kill us, he would have killed us already. She doesn't deny what he says. She interprets it as this guy was cool with that, but almost more like a reception as opposed to it's all good. Yeah. I don't know. It's cool. Maybe. All right. So then, what do you what do you got after that one? Are you up to the one? Are you up to the one that Isaac said? Daniel. Shadrach, Meshach, and the bad neighbor. Oh yeah. You got Belteshazzar as well. He's a finger. Handwriting on the wall. Handwriting on the wall. But it does see, see the body. Well, he saw a hand. Somebody's he saw a hand. Does he just see right, see what it says? Isn't that like the Adams family? Yeah. Thing. Kept family alive. All right, Adam. Focus. Who's the second? I do want to say that just oh, in preparation, you better know these really good, because I can almost guarantee if you try and use them on a Jewish person, they are going to have a defense for every single one of them. Of course they will. <laughs> but they that, should have a defense. That's that's why you do it over a meal. <laughs> After the elders, Moses, and to me, that's that's your top five right there, right? And then we've just added in um, um, Belteshazzar. No, it's actually it's Belshazzar, right? Because Belteshazzar is Daniel, right? Um, oh, Joshua. And then Danny's um, uh, friends. All right, so, so how do you know that Yeshua is God? Number one, he said, I'm pre-existent, if you will. Before Abraham, I am. Second, he forgave sin, which they got very upset with. Three, I and the Father are a chad. I don't see that there's any other way you can say that. You've seen me, you've seen the Father, right? So, yeah, I, I, um, I don't think there's, there's any way you can get around. And, and there's actually cults out there that will tell you that, that Jesus never claimed to be God. That's ridiculous. I mean, it's just ridiculous. Okay? So, um, in no uncertain terms. And interestingly, that's sometimes a more elite. The whole use of the Son of Man language, 
context, cultural context, thinking about like the book of Enoch, where the Son of Man is this very uh, deified Messiah figure, uh, then the Son of Man language is also an indirect way of claiming to be God. One, one explanation I think I got from a first fruits commentary was essentially that Yeshua was tiptoeing around some of these issues, partly because you come out and say, everybody, I'm God, and you're going to bring the wrath of the Romans on 40 years early. Yeah. So he's using language that people around him, you know, they can get, but he's not trying to say it so explicitly that it's going to cause problems. I, I would suggest one thing. When all is said and done, why did they kill him? Even the Romans said, you know, he's right. That's it. The 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 Jewish leadership said, and he did not deny that he made himself out to be God. It's as simple as that. That's a death penalty, except on the rare occasion when he happened to be God. So that's, I think, top shelf. He made a lot of statements, and they definitely got it. And for that, they killed him. And Psalm 110 is one of the most quoted psalms, so I learned from Rick, in the apostolic scriptures. Where, and the context is he's asking them a question, which is rare. Usually they're coming to him with their traps. So he's wanting to use it to point something out. And they, to your point, they got it. Amen. So. They did get it. They did get it. So there should be no question that the Jewish leadership, who probably understood his mode of talk, his idioms, his context, his scriptural context, a whole lot better than us. They got it. They knew it. They killed him for that. Where is Jesus of Nazareth? And he said, I It's one of those noisy passages. I love the noise. Good. Okay. So, you feel confident that Yeshua is God. It's wrong to say he was God, right? He is God. Why is it wrong? Two reasons. One, it sounds like he's not. It sounds like he's not anymore in two. It sounds like God's not. Yeah, God, God is not God anymore, right? Okay. So, so I've got I've got Yeshua as God. Now tell me about Yeshua as man. My brain wants to do fifty-fifty. Is he half God, half man? Sixty-four. Seventy-five, twenty-five. He's really, really God. And he's the little, little, little bit man. So, 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 where do you go, right? What's under the throne? What, what is, what is, what is my point? What am I trying to raise? Precisely, this is an inexplicable point of the scriptures. And it's not rare 
because it's inexplicable, gentlemen. I'll say it again. It's not rare because it's inexplicable. It's rare because God tells you it's inexplicable. There are many things in the scripture that appear to contradict. And we may not, this side of eternity, understand them. So it's okay. In the Hebrew mind, this is true. And the opposite is true. That's okay. Let's have lunch. Let's eat. Yeah. That's not a problem. And we need to get past that whole Gentile Greek mindset that says, well, no, if he's God, he can't be man. If he's man, he can't be God. Well, wrong. He is all man, and he is all God. Along the same lines, you've heard, you've heard the common uh, uh, questions, you know, it's like, okay, uh, well, if, he's really, if he was really God, then he must have known everything all the time. Right, right, right. right. Which, again, <laughs> requires it to be one or the other. Exactly. Yeah, not exactly. Both. Not both. Yeah. Not a both and, you bet. The fact that the scripture teaches us that he limited himself, that he, you know, um, uh, the uh, Calvin Calvin Miller calls it the great reduction, right? You know the kenosis passage. You know he thought it not robbery if you want to do King James, um, being in the form of God. You know a, a thing to be grasped. Yes. Amen. Because unfortunately, oftentimes, this is true in so many subjects, whether it's dealing with how do you mix the sovereignty of God and responsibility of man, or how do you, exactly. how do you understand the, 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 the um, God Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Are they one? Are they three? Are they three persons? Are they an egg? Or, you know, why stop it? Water, yeah. Why stop at three? Why not seven? Um, what, what do you do? And the problem is, ultimately, is we, in an effort to understand it, we end up actually making our ability to comprehend it more valid than the scriptures themselves. And that ultimately puts us at risk of blasphemy on some of these issues because some of these things are really beyond our comprehension and to, and to attempt to explain it, we will get it wrong. Amen. And, and I, you know, I love that. I would just temper that with that's no excuse for not studying. Absolutely. Absolutely. Right? But then we say... It's scripture is my authority. Whatever it says, I believe. That's right. That's exactly right. It actually so, makes it more fun. <laughs> well, it, well, it does. It does. And, it's and, not the answer all the time. It's the most important. It's getting there. It's the process of yeah. searching that he's interested in. Because, it's, uh, because when you're searching, because it's not it. Because it's not it. It's him. The very act of searching it out and, and finding what he said and who he is is the whole relationship. Yeah. I just want to say um, the Eastern mindset is not God. God is God. So we have to be careful about it going postmodern. Eastern or Western. Right, 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 right. Um, the other thing too is this this wonderful exercise reminds us that there are some things that a year from now will change, but the whole purpose of the exercise is to get at those things which won't right. in 20 or 50 years, so that we are ambassadors with a message that's the right 
What does Paul say to Timothy? He warns him that choose men who have the right pattern of sound words and entrust them. So there's a pattern of sound words sure. that we, you know, we can't modify. Yeah. Um, and also, the other thing I'll say is that I agree both and on this, but on sovereignty and free will, I don't agree. And because I love all of you, you're stuck with me. <laughs> Amen. Amen. I use the issue of responsibility. Right, right, right. He's still responsible for his actions. I think the, uh, you know, to your, to your point, the... Uh, <laughs> The, I, I think the um, I think it's good I think it's good and it's and it's healthy when we don't agree. That's what makes it beautiful, and that's I think where you were going. The, guys, you are a part of something that is so extraordinarily unique. Both Jew and Gentile here and in Israel are shocked that we can come together and do this, and. I don't care at all what your history is or your baggage. You know, I'm going to ask you to leave it at the door. And you can't. You know, it'll take time and we'll all drop some of it. It's okay. The bottom line is, to to Alex's point, he doesn't change. So we can laugh at the fact that two years ago I thought this and five years ago I thought that and now I... You know, it's something completely different. But that's only because I'm, I'm growing and learning who my master is. Yeshua is God and is therefore unfathomable to this little mind except what he allows and reveals to us. And he wrote it down so we could spend every week looking at it. And he gave it to a people who were faithful to preserve it for 3,500 years so that you would have this opportunity. Let's not squander it. He was a man. He is a man who was tempted in all ways as you. Which means, if you get to that point in your walk where you really do get up and your ardent desire is that you would please Him every moment, your every thought, your every response, your every action, would please Him, glorify His name throughout the world, but especially in your living room, And that you'll make it to at least lunchtime before you realize you blew it. (laughs) Because that's different from you blowing it, right? Yeah. If that's the case and you're getting to that point where that's your desire each morning, then I want to encourage you that there may be temptations in your life in 5772 that you're struggling with. This isn't a, you know, an Ann Landers diary session on Tuesday nights. But if you've got a problem and you're struggling with a sin and you want to deal with it and you want somebody to help you hold you accountable, I'm your guy. See me. Write me. Call me. 
I want to help. Because I'm calling on you guys to help me. Because I want at next Yom Kippur to have to spend less time than I did this year. Amen? So, let's focus just a little bit on the humanity side and recognize it can be done. You can walk the walk. He demands, He commands, and He expects you to walk that walk in the footsteps of His Son. And you can do that. We didn't even get to the topic I want to talk about tonight. I'm going to check the time after Alex says. The, the man, the first, we're talking about verses. The first one I think of is there's one mediator between God and men, the man. Sorry. Excellent, excellent. It was, what do we call that? Thank you. It's called Remez. I said man. He recognized the scripture that had man in it. you get it? You see how it works? I mean, are you, new, are you guys new here? I'm sorry. Is this your first? Right. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was it was it was my fault. Yes, Ken. Well, that you know that uh, truly was you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, that's that's where I wanted to go with this, and we'll, we'll do it on another night. But and you can even start to think about it. Is is yeah, he prayed to God, so there was a separation, right? Um, certainly at the cross, in the garden, there was a, a forsaking, there was a severing. You know, praise God that happened. You know, so you know we want we want to I want to talk about that because I, you know I'm 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 a little concerned that as we pray to Yeshua or we pray to the Spirit and so forth like that, I think we're setting a very poor example about a multiplicity of gods and it definitely confuses the family. Yes, sir? Yeah, and he, and he prayed throughout his life. I mean, I mean he, he was... Well, he wasn't praying to himself. He was praying to God. Because there was a separation at that time. But how can there be a separation? Well, you know. Because it's Sukkot. The notion that, and the thing that we see as children growing up is when when an adult wants to get the attention of a child, they play As the child gets older, they'll play heightens. And it's never because the the adult wants to. It's because the adult wants to interact with the child in a relationship. The child always is focused on the goal. There I am, there they are. Oh, that's funny. Uh, Or, I'm looking for them, when can I find them? Uh, But in the ultimate, uh, in the progressive revelation of hide and seek from childhood to adulthood, you know a whole lot more. And you understand the concepts of relationship or whatever else. And that's the way that we are. We're still babies playing hide and seek. God simply wants to have a relationship, and which, involves, which, which involves our seeking, not our finding. And as that's a man, you know, he, he does the same thing. 
Yeshua, when people say, well, he never said he was God, it's like, please tell me something he did say that you understand. Because quite frankly, he said a lot of things we're all still scratching our heads over. Why did he do that? Why didn't he just come out and say it? Because that's the point. It's about finding, seeking, not about giving you the answer. It's the questions that matter. Amen. Amen. It's, it's the whole game. It's that game of life. It's not getting the right answer. I mean, I mean, for those of you who are married, you should realize that's that's why many marriages get stale. The mystique is gone. The whole right. That, that's right. The whole that whole thing is gone. There. Yeah. I think it's this way. That was really helpful, Greg. Thank you. I think of it this way: that conceptual, creedal Christianity leads back to men. That's right. Commandments lead back to a living and enduring King. Because we're looking for Him. So yeah. when you're doing these these mitzvot, there's just what you describe with your child hide and seek, as opposed to oh, that's my like on the you get software on the computer, you know, you get a green. That's not original. I heard somebody say that. I thought it was perfect. Do you agree this license? Yeah. The whole thing. You know what? I'm I'm always still astonished when I'm 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 leaning out. I'm remoted into somebody's computer, and we're installing a piece of software. That comes up, and they go, "Should I? Should I agree?" You want to use your computer? So I so I said, "Well." You, you did call me to, to install this software. <laughs> but if you don't want to agree, I'll just hang up now. We're, we're done. Is, is that interesting? Uh, uh, to, uh, predestination and free will? You have a choice. But, but you don't. <laughs> but you really don't. That's <laughs> right. <Yeah. laughs> <Yeah. laughs> <laughs> Praise God. <laughs> May it please you, David, my exalted guest, that all the other exalted guests dwell here with me and with you and with these men, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Joseph, Moses, and Aaron. I pray that in this last day of Sukkot, which started at sundown, that you would uh, you'd, you'd take the opportunity in the morning maybe to, to pray the prayers the last day. You know, Hoshana Rabbah. It's the, you know, your, your um, brands online e-news thing was awesome um, it is it's, it's a big deal guys and uh, today is the day that uh, you know the he made some some fabulous statements about himself so um, you can you can put those into context and as you study the sitter and you study the apostolic writings and the gospels you can begin to, to put some flesh on that on that bone so that when your friends that are practicing professional Christendom ask questions, you, you've got some cool stuff to share with them that you may not have, have thought about. 
um, in the land, um, Hoshana Rabbah, um, the next day is the eighth day. It's a cool way that, that God puts it. It's a seven-day feast. And the first day is the Sabbath. And on the eighth day, it's like we've got something new. And it's not part of the Feast of Tabernacles. It's a different thing. It's Shemini Atzeret. So on the eighth day, we've, we've got a, a, a cool, special end Shabbat, right? Um, in the land, that would also be Simchat Torah, the rejoicing of the Torah, not rejoicing uh, about the Torah or rejoicing in the Torah, but the rejoicing of the Torah. It's almost like the Torah itself is rejoicing. And in fact, that's going to happen, and I hope it happens while you're still alive, that the living Torah will return, and He will rejoice, because you are going to be rejoicing with Him, and He will have come back, kicked royal butt, and set up His kingdom. Amen? Amen. So outside the land, in the diaspora, we separate them. So, Simcha Torah is going to be on Friday, so we'll celebrate it Thursday evening. Okay, and I hope that you'll come and read. And um, I'm going to have to help everybody come up with what special passages really are. You know, you know the whole thing with Hagar. You know, I just, I'm just not seeing that one at all. So, you know. um, hey, so is Lot. Yes. Sir. You said you mentioned the prayers, particularly if you uh, don't just pray for the weekday. Go to and find, if you could, every Sadur has it, find the, the Sukkot prayers because you want to pray Anivaho. Yeah. Just after after the Musa. Hallel. No, after the Hallel. Yes. Yeah. It's like 700 and something. In your it's, it's, but you yeah. want to pray, I promise you yeah. want to pray. It is, it is, it is cool mind, stuff. It will be a little longer than normal. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, if. Uh, no, it's, it's, it's after that, actually. Yeah, yeah. Depending on how much of the service you're doing, but at the very end of the service, if you don't pray anything else tomorrow, pray for Anivahu. Anivahu is is very cool. After after the Hallel page, six thirty. It's like yeah. seven hundred something. That's what okay. happened. Anivahu yeah. begins. It's in the. If you go to the section that's labeled Sukkot at the very end of your Sadur, yeah, it will be in there. It is pure messianic. Awesome. And uh, in Shana Rabbah, like cool. you, you read, you pray certain sections of it throughout the, throughout Sukkot. Shana Rabbah, you pray a much longer yeah. segment of it. Yeah, it's cool and stuff. It's also very messy. Yeah. It's very cool. It's... It, yeah. <laughs> and God is a genius. That's right. That's right. Well, God is a man. He's a genius. <laughs> but also God is a God. <laughs> and with that, we close. Thank you, gentlemen. <laughs>